Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momento, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members, and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast brought to you by Momentum, the business growth agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and we've got a fantastic conversation store for you today. Thanks to everyone who listened in for our launch in mid-September. We are thrilled with how it went. It went even better than expected and the wonderful feedback we've received so far. We're glad to have this mechanism to tell the stories of the great things Chambers of Commerce across the United States and Canada are doing right now. And in fact, Today is a special treat because our guests today literally cover the U.S. and Canada. Uh, We have a special two-guest episode. For several years now, the Niagara USA Chamber of Commerce and the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce have had an incredibly fruitful partnership forged in collaboration across the Niagara River and the Can-Am border. The partnership has yielded cross-border events, connections, and even joint advocacy initiatives. Even as the U.S. and Canada, uh, the countries have been unable to find common ground on border crossings up through the time we're recording this episode, these two chambers of commerce have maintained strong relationships and have, have really put on a display of how collaboration is a good thing for everyone involved. I am very pleased to have with me here today Dolores Fabiano, who is Executive Director for the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, and Dolores will tell you what that means shortly and Corey Schuler, Executive Director for the Niagara USA Chamber of Commerce. Thanks to both of you for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you. So I'm very excited to get into this conversation, but first I want to just let our listeners know a little bit about each of you with your bio. So Dolores Fabiano is Executive Director for the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce and has been managing local chambers in the Niagara region since 1990. With 30 years of experience, Dolores has provided guidance and support to young entrepreneurs, displaced workers, setting up businesses, and seasoned professionals. She's taught economics and business enterprise courses for the Tourism Development Postgraduate Program at Niagara College, and has served on the board of directors for the Niagara Foundation for Catholic Education, the United Way School Parent Council, Niagara South Coast Tourism Association, Venture Niagara, Niagara Falls Tourism Association, and the Niagara Children's Center. Corey Schuler is the Executive Director for the Niagara USA Chamber of Commerce, which covers New York's Niagara County and the tourism mecca of Niagara Falls. He's held the leadership role for four years after serving as the Chamber's Director of Government Affairs. Corey serves on many boards throughout Niagara County and the Western New York region, including his role as Vice Chair of Niagara County's Workforce Development Board and Treasurer of the Niagara Falls International Airport Stakeholders Group. Being a small business owner himself, Corey brings that unique experience to his role at the Chamber, something that we'll talk about has been very significant uh, over the past two years. So let's thank you again, both of you, for being here. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to this this, uh, three-way conversation, cross-border conversation here. Let's start, though, with some quick intros about your organizations. Can you tell us a little bit about your Chamber and Dolores, in your case, your Chambers? Uh, And Dolores, if you want to go first. Sure. So I actually manage four uh, separate chambers. So it's the Niagara Falls Chamber, the Fort Erie Chamber, the Port Coburn Waynefleet Chamber, and the Welland Pelham Chamber. And so those are four chambers representing six municipalities. And yes, I do have four board of directors that I answer to. So we've got close to 2,000 members across South Niagara. Uh, The communities are all different, just enough that if you don't understand the culture, and respect it, you're never going to be successful with the businesses in those communities. 
yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Great. Corey, tell us a little bit about Niagara USA. So Niagara USA Chamber is Niagara County's Chamber of Commerce. So we cover all ends of Niagara County. Niagara County is made up of extreme urban populations like Niagara Falls, Lockport, North Tonawanda, up to extreme rural like Somerset, Heartland, Roy Hart, um, areas like that. So it's a, it's a unique experience to have to encompass many different uh, communities throughout Niagara County. Let's thank you. Thanks to both of you. Let's talk about let's talk about what's going on in the region first of all. Our, our last episode, we had uh, Gary Douglas from North Country Chamber. So we talked a lot about the Canadian border, the U.S.-Canadian border, and what's going on there. I know that's something that you do, you both deal with every day, and it's had significant impact on your members. But let's talk about, uh, let's talk about both the positive and negative. What's going on in the community that's been a challenge, but what also, there's some good things happening. So what, what else is going on that, that you see as, as opportunities right now for, the, for your organizations? Dolores? I mean, through this pandemic, there's been um, businesses and sectors that have been hit very, very hard. So we're a border community. We're Niagara Falls, one of the largest tourism destinations in in the country for sure. And uh, that industry has been hit very hard. But there are other industries that have not missed a beat and they've done well and in fact have been busier than ever. So not all doom and gloom. There certainly have been pockets of prosperity with certain sectors, and we are seeing some of that. I say our biggest challenge uh, right now across the board is just not enough people to do the work that needs to be done. People who have left industries and and sectors to to explore something different. People who've just taken a step back and and have maybe taken some early retirement. And, And of course, for us here, it's immigration, foreign students and you know, immigration has really helped with the labor force in the past, and that's not happening right now. So right across the board, we are seeing a uh, labor shortage. And Corey, you sit on the Workforce Investment Board, so I'm assuming that when you talk about challenges, you're, you're seeing a lot of the same things. Well, it's interesting that we do see a lot of the same things. And we're fortunate throughout the pandemic, in, in Niagara Falls specifically, we saw a lot of people stay, you know, we call them like staycations. So while we lost the international traffic, we did sort of stay steady on the traffic from local people coming. So that was the one that was the one thing that at least we could say if I had to say it was positive that we still had that revenue coming in. Those tourism attractions were still doing okay and hotels numbers were still doing decent because of people coming from other parts of the country. Workforce here is a huge issue. You see a lot of businesses that are closed or they have temporarily cut their hours, restaurants that have cut their menus because of just really a workforce shortage. So even with the Workforce Investment Board, while we're trying to train people and we're, we're funding people to get trained in new skills and get them back to work, it just doesn't surplant the number of people that have left the workforce. Like Dolores said, you saw people that have just had kind of hit pause that have decided to retire you know, for a whole host of reasons. That's a big issue. And I don't see that uh, issue going away anytime soon. The other negative during all of this that's been very problematic is the disjointed rollout of the border reopening. We feel a lot of calls from people that really just don't know how the border's being reopened. Obviously, Americans can go into Canada. Canada can't come into America yet unless you're essential. And, and that changing information and that whole dynamic has made an extra layer of difficulty for us. Yeah, we've seen the same thing. And and I think, you know, the biggest challenge 
really has been communication on everything because there's too much information that, that's coming at us from, from multiple sources. And it's really hard to, to get through it all to, to find out the little nugget that you really need. And, you know, the, the border has been confusing. We have gotten, you know, throughout this entire uh, pandemic calls from, you know, our friends on, on the U.S. side asking, what hotel can I stay at? Where can I eat? What attractions are open? And when we tell them that the border is closed and they can't get across, they just don't, it doesn't compute. They don't understand. And uh, we've had this conversation before. The farther you are away from the border, the less you understand that it, it's an actual border, right? <laughs> so the Chambers of Commerce model has changed. And both of you have been, the Chambers of Commerce model has been forced to change across, the, across both countries in the past year. And, and you, you both just enunciated a piece of that, which are the, the phone calls that you're getting. are very different than phone calls that you might have gotten prior to, to March of 2020. What are you focused on right now uh, in in this in this time period when events are scarce and you're still and before we started here we had a conversation about even you know even if the rules allow the events there's still there's you're still rolling the dice on people's willingness to to come to events what what are you what are you focused on right now and how are, how have you how have you uh, pivoted I hate that word pivoted but we keep using it uh, how have you pivoted to now better serve the needs of your members in October 2021 than you did than you did two years ago. Corey, you want to start with that one? You know, one of the biggest things I would say is a misconception about Chambers of Commerce is that we are events oriented, that we're there to, to do those sorts of things, that old school chamber model. And I think one of the things we've seen over the last two years is those organizations that really based their existence and, and their revenue stream, quite frankly, on just events just being that that old standard of chamber, they really had a difficult time weathering the storm. One of the things we did, and, and I think Dolores should agree, that organizations that really focus on advocacy, that are have a seat at the table during all of this, really have remained relevant. And I think our biggest thing is really the dissemination of information. So we have a seat at the table. I'm on, I'm on the New York State Vaccination Hub Health Equity Task Force. So you understand those things are going on. You can you can explain your members' issues with these things. So we're kind of that channel back and forth to, to, to disseminate the information. And like Dolores said, there's you, you've got to find that one nugget that's really relevant to your members. And if we can do that, then our value is immeasurable. Dolores, what are what are what are you focused on right now? And how are how are you uh, how are, how have you change things up to make sure that, that you are staying relevant in front of your members? Yeah, there's a few things. And, and the first, of course, is, like Corey said, the dissemination of, of information, which is not to be confused with a regurgitation of all the information <laughs> that is there, right? Sure. Um, I think, um, you know, we, we do a real disservice when, when we get all this information and we just push it out to our members. And, and I can tell you that, you know, a year ago, uh, our members said, stop sending us information. It's too much. We don't know what's relevant. It, it, we're not going to read it. We just need to know what, what is relevant for us. And, and so we took a slightly different approach where members would call us and, and we would figure out what they needed, right? Takes a lot more time, but that's the value of a Chamber of Commerce membership. So that's, that's the one piece, and, and Corey's right on the money with that. The other is events haven't really stopped 
they're just in a different format. So we're still doing virtual events and most of those are learning opportunities. So I can tell you that in 2020, we, we ended up doing more events than we did in 2019. And those were like learning forums and updates from our local politicians and uh, our Road to Recovery series. We, we launched a podcast as well. So we had lots of information, lots of opportunities for, for members to join us, to learn something, to connect with other, other members. We still wanted to make sure that, that that opportunity was there. It was just done in a different way. And I can tell you that moving forward, we're not going back to the way we were doing things and we're not going to continue to do things the way we are right now. It's definitely going to be a hybrid of, of both. And, and we'll just have to figure out what that balance is. We've really tried to focus on providing value added programs. So programs where we can really assist our members in putting money back in their pockets. And that's become more important than ever before, right? And so uh, an example would be Niagara gift cards. So we, we have this digital platform. It's called, we branded it as NiagaraGiftCards.com, where businesses that, that don't have a, a way of, of presenting themselves in a digital format can be a part of this Niagara digital, uh, NiagaraGiftCards.com, and we sell their gift cards. Uh, they provide a little discount. People buy the gift cards digitally. They go to the restaurant or the retail shop. It's just swiped. So it's touchless, which is important in this day and age. And then at the end of the month, they get a check for the amount of gift cards that we've sold for them. So it's actually putting money back in their pockets and and having created an opportunity for them to to have that presence. So we're really trying to think outside of the box and, and provide members with opportunities that they might not be able to create for themselves, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Let, let me ask you, you, you both, both of you have fairly large territories that you cover in multiple cities and business districts. And, and, uh, you know, they're talking about the, the retail side, but, but, but both of you talked about, you know, the ability for companies, small businesses, especially be able to pick up the phone and call you. So Dolores, you said that at, at one point people told you to stop with all the emails and the newsletters. How are you communicating yeah. these days? with the larger business community to let them know that this is a value that they can call you and ask these questions and get help with their, I mean, last year, the PPP or, or the new, you know, whatever new rules are coming out. How are you, how are you talking to the, to the business community when you can't just invite them to a 200 person event? Yeah. You know what? I think that's every organization's biggest challenge right now is communication because, you know, there's social media, there's traditional forms of of communicating and, and we've, we've ruined them all, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, how many emails do each of you get in a day? Right. Too many. And, and <laughs> you try and get through them, but, but you have to, you have to filter them because there's just not enough, enough hours in a day. So that is definitely our biggest challenge. We, we of course have our database where we do email members. Uh, we, we send out two emails a week, our membership Monday and our WhatsApp Wednesday and members still for the most part open that. But when we have a special program or something that's really new or unique or important that we want to get on their radar, we pick up the phone and we call them. And so, you know, we, we don't have the opportunity or, or the means to call all 2000, but what we'll do is we'll create a list of the, the members that might be the most relevant to this particular program and we get on the phones and it's old school, 
but it's the only way to get through through the noise. And and Corey, if you have a better way, please tell me. <laughs> I think they, I think that <laughs> I think that Corey can't make outbound phone calls because his phone is too busy from inbound phone calls. So. But Corey, how are you? How are you? Uh, you know, letting the the larger business community know that that you're on the other end of the phone for them. Well, one of the things that we decided early on, and Dolores, you you touched on this, is just the vast amount of information that was coming out, and it was changing daily. So we made a, a conscious effort to let people know that if we send something out, that's reliable. We're not just we're not just regurgitating information. We're not just hitting the forward button on our emails. We're actually taking the time to follow up, make phone calls. You know, making sure that everything that we send out is at that time the most relevant and important thing that we can send. So that really built trust in our newsletters. It built trust in what we were putting out on social media. It put trust out into the emails. And, and same thing, we were doing that, you know, pick up the phone and call. You know, how are you doing? Just a simple, how are you doing? What do you need from us? And I was very fortunate that I was able to kind of create a small little, my little, I call it my tribe, my little group of people that, you know, we all worked very closely together. So uh, folks at the Small Business Development Center, people at the, you know, our Economic Development Agency, um, Workforce Investment. And so we all kind of came together and said, let's all share services. Let's all promote each other within our memberships because we all have, you know, we have a lot of similar members, but we also deal with different people. And that way we kind of had sort of a, a go-to little club of people that these businesses knew that we would either be reaching out to them or they could reach out to us. And between that little handful of folks, we could get their questions answered. And that was, that proved to be invaluable. That's such a huge thing. And, you know, we're a small business, so we use our chamber resources. We're constantly uh, reaching out to, to find out what's going on and, and, and how they can help. So that, that's huge that you're, that you're able to do that. Let's talk about the future a little bit. And this is kind of the impossible question because nobody really knows what's going to happen tomorrow, to tell you the truth, especially when it comes to uh, the, the, the biggest issue that, that you enunciated, which was the, the border, which they keep delaying for another month and then another month and then another month. But all organizations like yours will spin their wheels if they're also not looking forward to the future. There's, an, there's enough going on on a daily basis to keep you busy, but you need to have that future plan. What are you forecasting? Uh, how are you preparing? What, 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 what do you have your, your, your team and your board? What are you looking at into 2022? So as I mentioned, the biggest challenge that, that we're anticipating for our businesses across the board is labor. And so uh, in the spring, uh, we, we undertook a um, employee retention survey with employees, actually. So it was sent to businesses, but it was meant for the employees. And we got great return, great response. And uh, we're, we're just going to be unveiling the report, the results of that. Nothing too surprising. But, you know, as we move forward, the way businesses, the way business owners, managers, supervisors work with their employees is going to have to change. And so we're looking at providing some learning opportunities to help them with that shift. So it's not necessarily about paying employees more, but you know, in this post-pandemic world, some employees want to work from home. Is that an option? Some employees don't want to work from home. So, you know, is there an option for them to work in the office? Some want a blend of both. Can we create hybrid opportunities. It's just, it's, it's different and we have to be flexible and we have to be looking at these things. 
uh, to ensure that we're retaining the employees that we do have because replacing them is just going to be too hard. So that's one of the things that we're looking at. Again, as I mentioned before, in terms of our events and our learning opportunities, we know that it's going to be um, both in-person and virtual opportunities. And we also think that there is an opportunity for us as a chamber to really start providing more learning opportunities uh, in a virtual way so that employees can hop on, learn something this week, and then, you know, they come back next week for an hour, as opposed to going to a workshop that might be two or three hours and um, people just don't have the time. So those are kind of the things that are on our uh, agenda right now as we look forward. But, you know, I just want to say that for, for chambers to survive, we've never been able to just sit back and, and keep doing the things that we've always done, right? We're, we're the leaders and we're leading business. And so we've always been in that mode where, okay, this is what we did this year. What's relevant for us to continue to do next year? And so we're always changing and learning and, and uh, being a little bit ahead of the curve. If we weren't, we wouldn't still be in business ourselves. Corey, where is Niagara USA headed for 2022? Well, first, I'm going to steal Dolores' employer survey. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. One of the things that we're going to focus on, and this kind of came up through our work with helping people with their disaster loans and their uh, PPP loans, is a business back to basics. So one of the things that we found when we were trying to help these folks is there were, there were two main issues that we kept seeing over and over and over. And once you recognize a trend, you know that that trend then needs to be addressed. And one of the things was just basic principles of business. So helping people focus on being organized. Where do you keep your tax papers? Where do you keep your payroll? Do you, do you have your quarterly reports? Those were all things that were needed to satisfy some of these loan and grant requirements. And it was amazing how much time it took for us to get some of that information from a lot of these businesses. Well, I have this here. I never printed that out. I'm not sure. I have to talk to someone. And and that's really not good, especially when you're under a lot of stress and a lot of these things are time sensitive. You just see people starting to have meltdowns. They just panic, they freeze. So we want to go into the next year saying, okay, we need a a business back to basics. This is the things that you need to know. You know, if you have an EIN, an employee identification number, know what it is or know where you keep that. You know, know where you keep your quarterly reports, make sure they're up to date. And it, it sounds very trivial. Those are basic things we think that everybody should know. But, you know, a lot of these smaller businesses, they're, they're owner run. They don't have the time. They don't have an HR department. They don't have those folks that do that for them. They're doing it themselves. And unfortunately, those are the things that kind of get put on the back burner when you're busy running your own business. And we found that was, that was very problematic in a lot of instances. So that's something we're going to focus on. The other part of it is this great digital divide. So businesses that were able to adapt digitally. So you saw restaurants being able to have their customers order online. They could order, they could do curbside pickup. And again, Craig, I'm with you, that word pivot. Oh, I don't want to hear it anymore when this is all over with. But those companies that were able to pivot and do that actually did very well. You know, they saw a little bit of a dip, but then they kind of came back and they, and they survived. Companies that had no real digital access or really were kind of in the digital dark age really ran into problems because they couldn't adapt and change. So that's something we want to focus on is how do we bring people 
up to speed, whether it's just something as basic as training on how to use a computer. We, we would get people that were, would, would call us and say, here's my, here's my bank account information. Here's my social security number. Here's my EIN. Please go do this for me. And I'm like, when I was busy, you know, when I, when I was done draining their bank accounts, <laughs> but, you know, but we really did. We did a lot of people and it was surprising how many people did that because filling out a form online, they just couldn't do it. They either didn't have the access, they didn't have the patience or the knowledge. So that's something we're going to focus on is how do we bring people into the, in, to, into the digital modern times? That's, that's a huge issue, especially for smaller businesses. Can I throw a question out there, Craig? I know. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just, um, one of the issues, one of the challenges that we had with some of our businesses at the beginning of the pandemic was just, you know, they were forced to work from home, especially for some of our businesses whose, whose businesses were actually in the U.S., Okay, so uh, they're working from home. Their homes might be in a rural area. They have no internet. And so early on, we got some calls from some of our, our members saying, I have to work from home. I don't have internet. I cannot afford not to be working. Like my, my business is me. And they were actually driving around through town trying to find a Wi-Fi signal. So we opened up one of our offices, actually in Fort Erie, to um, allow them to to come in and do an hour's work in a safe way. It was all scheduled. But did you hear uh, of any of your businesses having the same problem? Because that's something that uh, we just had a federal election and that's something that was, you know, top of the list. Like we we have to have uh, access to um, internet across the board for so many reasons. But I'm just wondering if you had any of those um, issues, Corey. We did. And there's been rural broadband initiatives, you know, on the books for a while. And, and Niagara County is getting better with extending, extending broadband. But that was an issue. And, and you would see it on the news, not only for employers um, or employees, but even families had children in school. Oh, sure. Some of these kids didn't have access to Internet. So there's pictures on the news of them sitting, you know, outside of libraries, sitting on the curb, walking around with their laptop, laptops, trying to get a signal so they could do virtual learning. So I think that really brought the issue to the forefront that there's definitely, um, you know, an uneven level of, of access. And that's something that uh, as Niagara County is moving to improve that, it needs to be done faster, it needs to be done broader. But we did see the same thing. That was actually gonna be my follow-up question was about the advocacy surrounding broadband. So that's perfect that you brought it <laughs> <Sorry>. up. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a problem everywhere, and I know both both of your districts have both of your service areas have significant rural rural areas to them. I mean, everybody knows Niagara Falls, but people may not realize that you don't right. go very far from Niagara Falls, and you're you're in farm country. So, one of the questions, uh, probably my favorite question to ask is, as in your role, uh, you know, as a, as a business leader in your community there's lots of ideas out there and there's, you know, your staff has ideas, your members have ideas and everybody's got ideas that you should take and run with. But I, I always say it's only a good idea if somebody's willing to pay for it because <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ideas that don't have the financial backing and they fizzle out. So the question I have for you is as a, you know, influential business leader in your community, if you had a blank check to spend on growing your business economy, where would you spend that money? Um, well, you know what, I, uh, I think it would be towards resources that help guide businesses to be innovative. 
I think, especially in Canada, we've had a lot of grants available for businesses, which which was the right thing to do at the time. But now we, we need to get beyond that and we need to spark innovation. And, and I don't think that's, you know, by writing businesses a check, I think it's by providing them with tools and resources that help them get there, if that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so I, I, it's not a, a very uh, specific answer because I don't know what those specific resources are, but I just know that it's not about cutting a check to, to keep your doors open. It's about getting businesses thinking about how they need to, here I go, pivot to make sure that they're ahead of where they need to be that they're innovative, that, that they've got the technology that they need, that they've got the workforce that they need, that they're investing in the right places to sustain themselves. Absolutely. Even I'd say Corey's point about the digital divide, as right. all this money over the past year and a half was coming flowing, some of it was pigeonholed. You couldn't necessarily use it for the things that you right. you could. And, and, and Corey's point was right on. I mean, that week that they said here in New York State, at least, that restaurants could do curbside pickup. And this, I think this was back in April of last year. Rest, restaurants could do curbside pickup. Well, some of them, boom, that night they had their fish fries out and, and they had a line of cars around the block and others were trying to figure out what that, what that even meant. And there was really not the programs to help make that happen. There was plenty of money that could be used for certain things, but there weren't the programs to do it. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. Corey, your, your blank check, what would you do with it? Oh, there's so many things I would do, but you know, I, I'm I'm going to break it down to the most basic, and this is probably an odd statement I'm going to make coming from a chamber that's you know solely can keep their doors open based on membership. But I think people also have to realize that while we all have a passion, and while businesses can be a great thing, and owning your own business and being an entrepreneur is wonderful, sometimes it's just not meant to be. And sometimes those businesses have just run their course or they're just not, they're just not what the community is looking for. I think I would take that blank check and really invest in some sort of mentor program to just go back to, to old school, sit down. Why do you want to own a business? Do you understand the amount of work that goes into it? Are you committed and ready to do that? Because a lot of folks open businesses, whether they, you know, it's their life's passion, whether it's just something, you know, hobby that evolved, however it comes to be. And it's hard to look somebody in the eye and tell them, I don't think this is going to work out. And unfortunately, we saw a lot of smaller businesses shutter over the last two years. And I think had some of them had the ability to talk it out, run over their ideas. We saw businesses that opened during the pandemic, which I give those folks a lot of credit to be able to do. And some of them have been very successful very quickly. But I think that's where I would spend the money is what, what is your goal? Are, is it, are you looking to open a business that is sustainable that you can live off of? Is this a secondary income? Is this go, you know, is this more of a hobby in your retirement? You know, making, giving people a chance to really define what those goals are. And I think having somebody, you know, an SBDC and all those organizations are wonderful, but I think just boots on the ground, one-on-one, -on -one, what are we looking to achieve? And someone has to have that honest conversation of maybe you're doing this wrong. Maybe the timing's wrong. Location may be wrong, whatever it is. But I think there's a way that we can help businesses improve and grow. And then there also has to be that reality of some of these businesses are just not going to survive. And I think 
having that ability to, to push some, some funding that way, you know, anybody can open a business, but I really think that get us, go through a class, take a small business class, really understand what it's about. And I would focus funds on that aspect. Can I just add, cause that's such a great point. I mean, sometimes the kindest thing you can do is say, don't do it because you're not going to succeed. And, and we can, we can see it. And I, and I would just add to that, you know, there are a lot of, um, certainly on, on the Canadian side, agencies that, you know, are funded to help new businesses start. Their, their longevity depends on getting enough businesses to start to maintain their funding. And I think that has to stop. It's not about how many, it's about, it's about how successful, right? And so if we're able to get five businesses off the ground and they're, they're successful and they're sustaining themselves and maybe employing someone else, fantastic, that's success, as opposed to 20 and five of them succeed because the other 15 have probably put their life savings and a lot of sweat and tears into something that we probably knew from the get-go would never work. And that's just not fair. So I'm, I'm happy you made that point because it, it is one of the toughest conversations you have to have to have sometimes. And that was the, that was definitely, thanks for that comment. Yeah, that was, that was very much as Corey pointed out, called out in the last year and a half when, when there was no rhyme or reason to a lot of the government funding that was coming out. It was just, everybody gets it and it's resources going to companies that were, you know, not, not going to make it um, for various reasons. And it's hard, it's hard. I mean, nobody wants to see anybody fail, but at the same time, as you said, Dolores, the writing's on the wall sometimes and the whole, the old, uh, the, the old buggy whip example, no, there's, there's cars coming. We don't need the buggy whips anymore. And there's, that's, that's very real. It's a, it's a great metaphor for, for real small business life. I'm going to start to wrap this up, but this has been a fantastic conversation. Let me ask you, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to give this opportunity too. Is there a member or two you'd like to plug to show a little extra love on the, on why you got a microphone in front of you? I'll throw that to Dolores first. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I don't have anyone specific in mind because I think they've all worked so hard to uh, get through this tough time. What I'm going to say is that all of our members across the board have really put in the time and the energy to make sure that their uh, workplaces are safe for themselves, their employees, and their customers. And I'm so proud of our business community because they never missed a beat in, in making that their top priority in whatever way they needed to do it. So I just want to give a shout out to all of them for, for, for doing that. Great, great. Corey, anybody? <laughs> no, I, I kind of agree with Dolores' sentiment that cheers to everybody that's really been weathering this. And I do feel like we're, as much as I think it's just a, another horrible phrase, but we really are all in this together. And a lot of these folks have really stepped up and they understand what, that we're going through the same thing they are. You know, we are chambers of commerce, but we are businesses. We are membership based. We are membership funded. So all those businesses that go under, all those businesses that can't afford a membership, that takes a bite out of us too. So, you know, thank you to everybody that stayed along with us. If I was going to give a shout out to somebody, Craig, and I, I don't need to uh, mean to inflate your ego, but I would say, I think you've been a great ally during all this momentum. And, and Damon Piatek from, from Welke, 
I think one of the things that they that they did, and I think is, is fantastic, is help create a scholarship program for small businesses. Mm. So they were able to fund a scholarship program. Small businesses can take advantage of that scholarship program, have their chamber membership paid for. So they then they now get the benefit of what we have to offer, and it comes with a mentoring aspect. And I think that that is above and beyond. I think that is a huge help. It's taken off in the very short period of time that it's existed. Um, it'll able be able to bring 17 new members into the chamber. So selfishly, you know, I, I thank you for that. But those are all businesses. And that kind of goes back to the earlier thing that I said, that if I had a, a blank check, one of the things I would do is, you know, help these folks and provide mentoring. And that does that. So while I, I extend a, a big round of applause to everybody that's weathered this with us, uh, I just wanted to give you guys a shout out for, for doing that for us as well. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, we we love doing this, and and we know there's there's plenty of uh, plenty of companies out there that uh, right now, you know, even a hundred fifty two hundred dollar investment in a chamber is not is not in the budget right now. So if there's a way to if there's a way to do that, we appreciate doing. It. That's why I asked that question about the uh, the blank check, and you know, and how are you communicating with your uh, members? Because right now it's hard. There's a lot of companies out there that actually don't know that they can get their questions answered by the Chamber of Commerce. And, and that's part of this podcast is to let people know that, that these resources exist. So, so thanks, for the, thanks for the shout out on that, Corey. We're, we're proud of that program. So the, uh, the last question I have for you, people want to get more information, where should we send them? Do we send them to LinkedIn, send them to the website, Twitter? Where, where do you want people to uh, find out more about uh, your organization? For us, it's our website. So you can go to any of the individual chambers or you can go to sncchamber.com. sncchamber.com. Corey? Um, we just had our website rebuilt. So it's a lot more interactive, uh, niagarachamber.org. I encourage everybody to check that out. Um, if you do have bridge questions, I do direct you to Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. <laughs> it's great. Well, thank you to both of you. This has been a fantastic conversation. I think we really got, which, which I was hoping we would do, uh, is get into the weeds on some of the real chamber membership services. And I appreciate your your very candid looks at, the, at those things. So thanks to both of you for being here. I know there's lots of work to do, particularly uh, questions about the border remain. Uh, and I do wish both of you the best in uh, you know keeping the keeping forward progress and and moving the needle on these on these issues. I'm hoping that everyone, uh, our listeners, are staying in contact with their own chambers of commerce and working their strategy, whether it's for networking, advocacy, or just to help grow the business community in your area. Your chambers of commerce need your support. And at the same time, they can provide you all kinds of value. So pick up the phone, as we talked about a lot today, give them a call. If you're interested in learning how we can help you capture that value, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, where I post weekly advice, information, and guidance on how to make the most of your Chamber of Commerce investments. Again, if you're doing business already in the binational Niagara region, or if you would like to, please check out www.southniagaracc.com or www.niagarachamber.org. Dolores, Corey, thank you again for being here with us. Thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care.